Hey everyone, welcome back to the Eminem Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host Chase McCallum, and uh, we recorded the uh, Canadian Division a week and a half ago, and said hopefully we get some news on the other three. Well, we have, and in fact, we've even got a um, a season layout that looks like it will start January 13th. Uh, 56 game season is what they're aiming for. Uh, we don't and at the time of recording we don't have the schedule. I'm not sure if they're going to release it all at once, but we do have the divisions, which is nice. Um, so there, there's at least the outlines of a season coming up. There's still a lot to talk about, about what teams can and can't play in their own arena, uh, quarantine rules, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure there'll be lots of hurdles that they got to try and figure out here yet. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know it's, uh, closer than we were at least a week ago, which is nice. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting there essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's also been some uh, players signing, so, uh, we're not going to talk about them just right now because uh, most of them have not signed with uh, teams that we have um, on the on the, the slate here today. We're going to look at the newly formed East Division, which features Buffalo, Boston, New Jersey, uh, the Islanders, the Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, and Capitals. Um, so we'll be looking at those. There's one signing. I'll just go through the, the signings right now. Um, that happened even today as we're recording. Uh, Cernak signed with Tampa Bay. Shiri signed with Washington. To report Mikel Granlin is re-signing with the Predators. Um, and then I think there was a couple others the other day. Duclair signed with the Panthers. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll, we'll get through them as we go through the other divisions. And hopefully there's not too many massive signings. Uh, I think especially if um, this Granlin report is correct um, of him re-signing with the Predators the two real biggest names are Mike Hoffman and Sammy Vatten that left. Yeah, that's pretty much all that's left that could. Oh, and Travis Hammond would make a decent. I would yeah, say Travis. And, and, I think. And, yeah, I don't. Okay, there's a few names. Atham Nasio and Eric Hall are two other guys that are like actual players. Yeah, they're not so bad. Did did something happen? By the way, it seems like a bunch of signings happened all of a sudden after basically nothing for the past like month. Um, I think part of it is actually having divisions where people are playing and, and uh, the, the idea that a season is actually upcoming, especially with now, like these guys get a quarantine for some spots in 14 days when they get in there. Right. So like if you're Anthony Duclair, Oh, I mean, maybe he doesn't have to quarantine in Florida. It's Florida for Pete's sake, but <laughs> Um, ideally for a lot of these guys, you know, if you sign with your new team, who knows where you're living? You could be living in Canada. You could be living somewhere in the States. If you sign somewhere else, you got to go in quarantine for 14 days. Right. So now that, you know, we actually have a December 13th start date for the season and camps are supposed to be opening up in roughly 12 days or so. I think that's probably why we see more and more people, uh, um, signing. Yeah. It feels more and more real, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So um, there's definitely a few guys to sign. Um, so obviously we'll be talking about those. Um, the only other really big thing for this week came is that, um, and this kind of has to do with the, the, this division because two teams in this division are the first two teams to announce it so far. Uh, there'll be ads on helmets this year officially. Um, Washington and New Jersey Devils came out with ads on helmets today, um, videos uh, just showing what they were like. I thought it was kind of weird that they came up with a whole video about it. I would have rather they just said we're doing it and done it, but uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, Chase. It looks like, uh, I mean, you're not going to notice it, honestly. Like, Yeah, they're pretty small. Everybody's like big fear with ads on hockey equipment is like those European jerseys where you barely see logos or whatever, but just kind of there. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think there is a line, obviously, but an ad on the helmet and an ad on, like, the left side of your chest, I really, like, with the um, the N- NBA does, where it's, like, it's very small, subtle things that you notice it, but, like, it's not, like, it takes away from the jersey at all. I would be totally okay with that, especially because they project it's going to be, like, I think 15 million gained revenue just from the helmets, and that's just this year because some of it is they're looking at giving back from sponsors for not being able to you know, have them uh, as on, on as many games and stuff like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, which makes sense. This was always kind of the NHL's natural response to to what's going on when they need to make revenue to start putting ads on the jerseys. Like, this was the most yeah, exactly. foreseeable and I mean, like, play in the world. Yeah, this is the start. I'm sure we'll get jerseys eventually, uh, or ads on the jersey eventually. But I don't know. Like, if anyone, you know, you can go to the Caps Twitter and – I think it was the Caps Twitter, and yeah, they posted it, and it's literally um, Capital One, I believe, is their partner that they're using, um, which is also sponsors their um, – oh, whoops, just play the video. I don't know if that's going to pick up on stream or not. Um, I, it, it also uh, sponsors their arena, so it's literally just like a little thing on the front. It's, it's not a big deal at all. I, I, don't, I really don't see this being an issue. Yeah, exactly. Same with the – the prudential thing. I haven't seen anybody upset by it, but like it literally just looks like no different from the CCM or whatever you're going to put on your helmet. Otherwise. Yeah. I mean, you get the classic hockey dads are like, how can you do this to a Jersey or whatever? But honestly, like whatever helps you make money. And yeah, I don't really want to see jerseys that look like the European ones, obviously um, where it's just like decked out head to toe and you can't even, because at that time too, I don't know why the sponsors are so into that because you can't even tell what company is on for the logos. Like, but yeah, when it's like completely indiscernible because there's so many, it does seem a little far, but yeah, exactly. But anyways, um, let's get into the division preview here. Uh, Again, as we do for all the divisions, it's nice knowing that we're going to have the divisions um, and the playoff format. It is just the top four from each, um, which means for us it's fun because it guarantees a, a, a Canadian team will be in the conference final this year. It also guarantees that just one Canadian team can be in, not multiple, but I, uh, I'll take those odds. I like it. I think it'll be – and it's good content for hockey in Canada as well. So, Yeah, let's be honest. There weren't going to be two Canadian teams in the conference final anyways. So. Highly unlikely, yes. Um, so for this uh, division, as I mentioned, Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, both the New York teams, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington in it. A pretty good rounded division, I would say. Um, I really – we can get into the division talk, and, and there will be one division where we focus on – solely where it's aggressive. Generally speaking, I think these are pretty good divisions overall. There's one, I think the West, I think is really weak. I think um, St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado are going to walk in that, but that, that obviously another time, but uh, the East and the North, I thought were pretty good. And if you would have switched Dallas and Minnesota, I really thought those would have been the perfect divisions from a um, competition standpoint. But at the same time, you know, like, I get it's just a one-off anyway, so, you know, we're going to see something weird this year, and hey, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's only for 56 games, so the, like, expected value of balancing the divisions is so small that it doesn't really matter. But this this division seems well-balanced enough to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, if you haven't listened before, uh, Chase and I, the way we break down divisions is we try and tier them into three groups. Uh, lottery team... It used to be, you know, bubble team. So in the old format, it was teams that we think have no shot of the playoff, teams that we think will be competing pretty much for a wild card, and teams that will be competing for top three of the division slash the division lead. Um, so it's kind of similar now. It's um, teams we think have a chance at the division title, you know, first. 
Um, teams we think will be in the hunt for a playoff spot, so probably third or fourth in the division, and teams we just don't think are going to make the playoffs in the division. So whether that's a lottery team, you know, kind of bottom 10 in the league is what we're looking at, um, unless it's a really, really close division, obviously. Like for the North, you know, we had one divi- one team in the bottom tier, most of them in the middle tier, and one team in the top tier. I have a different setup this time, as I'm sure Chase probably does as well. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, I had two teams in the bottom tier, uh, and then I, I, we're supposed to we, we're supposed to rank them in our tiers as well. But the tiers are the most important part of it. Yeah, and it's it's the logical way to to group teams, especially in a fifty six game season, because there's it's going to be tough to differentiate yourself from similar teams. Yeah. Um, so, did you also have two teams in the bottom tier, or was it just one? Yep, two teams in the bottom tier. Okay. Um, I'll go with my the team I have eighth in this division, and that is the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's an issue for them because they want to be bad this year. Uh, everyone kind of knows they're rebuilding. That being said, I, I, do, I do like their team. Um, I like what they're doing going forward, and it wouldn't absolutely shock me if they took some points off of teams that weren't expecting it this year because I don't think their roster is bad necessarily. I just think it's it's lacking a lot of high-end talent in – the defense and forwards and maybe in net too, depending on what Blackwood is. Yeah. I see. I like them in net with Blackwood Crawford combo. I think there's a lot of upside there and a couple, two options is always good, but yeah, they just kind of lie. They have a bunch of decent players, but not exactly studs or a super, super deep lineup either. Like they're made for a lottery pick and that's probably the best thing for them. Yeah, exactly. And they don't even have a Blackwood sign right now, but I think he will get done. And Jesper Bratt needs to be signed as well. Um, I mean, like they have a young enough team. You know, I like Hishier. Uh, I thought the Andreas Janssen pickup was really smart this year. Um, same with the Ryan Murray. Like their team, I think, definitely got better from last year. And, and, you know, and the Corey Crawford pickup too. That was good. And Corey Crawford, you know, even, you know, especially if he doesn't have to play as much, hopefully he can stay a little healthier. And they could have an RA Tam going there. I just, in this division, I don't think it'll be enough to really pick up points and gain steam, but um, I really, I, I don't see this team being like a bottom three lock or anything like that in the league either. Like, I think when you look at other teams, I can put four or five teams pretty comfortably behind them, I think. Yeah, I don't think they're particularly close to the worst team in the league, but they're not, they're not like a playoff, a big playoff threat either. They're just kind of, I mean, like, I think if I had a chance, I would say like maybe, maybe 20%, 25, maybe in a shortened season. Like I think there is an avenue in a 56 game season where they get really hot and make the fourth spot in the playoffs here and get absolutely destroyed. But it's just like, everything would have to go right. You'd have to see pretty much a big, a big step from Hishier, um, Hughes, Michael McLeod comes in and, you know, Subban, I think would have to bounce back to like peak Subban form as well, or somewhere yeah. close to that. Right? And they'd need, they need the Crawford uh, Blackwood platoon to go well, but I do think that's the biggest bright spot on their team actually. Yeah, I, I agreed. I, I think they're, I, I think this is a team where the floor is relatively low, especially just like compared to everyone else in this division. Although, you know, now that I'm looking at, maybe I'd have them higher than another team. I think it's pretty close um, in this tier, but you know, their floor is really low, but for as not great as a team it is, I think they have one of the highest uh, ceilings as well, just in terms of like, 
there's a lot less has to go right in my eyes than like a team like Ottawa going on an absolute run, you know, like they have more pieces in place where it's like, it makes it a lot easier, I think. Oh, a hundred percent. And like the big thing for this team too, is like, as long as Jack Hughes has a good year, it doesn't really like, as long as his development looks promising, that's really what it's all about for them. So yeah, exactly. like they can have look back at this year and be like, that was a huge success, even if they come like seventh last, because Jack Hughes puts up 70 points kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, they have going into this year, they have their first, they have the aisle second, they have two thirds. So, you know, they and then they don't know their fifth or seventh. So they don't have all their draft assets, but they have their first round pick and that and that's what's important. So yeah, again, this will just be a, a thing about growing their young guys. And I, I think especially compared to the past couple of years, this could be a relatively exciting team to watch in terms of just if there's no other game on, on like a Wednesday night, I wouldn't be opposed to watching the New Jersey Devils, which is not something I can always say. Yeah. Especially if Hughes takes a step, that would be, that would be the biggest thing this team could possibly ask for in terms of being watchable, but they do yeah. have some other good players. Like I like Hishier, uh, Miles Woods, low key kind of fun. Uh, Subban's never a bad, uh, never bad viewing experience either. Even though he's fallen off pretty hard, but still. Yeah, and, Andreas Janssen's not a game breaker, but like he's going to help the team as well. He's a fun guy to watch beam around the ice out there. You like, so it's not like they're a boring team by any means. It's just you know they just they don't have the high end talent. That's for sure. They are boring in terms of like, um, they don't have the high end talent, but it's not like they just play. I don't think they're going to play this just disgustingly boring play style either. Yeah, I agree. They'll just they'll be all right. Nikita Gusev's fun too. No, no defense, all offense. So that's that's been a, a fun thing to watch as well. Um, uh, yeah, watching yeah. a team with no defensemen in Sidney Crosby's division is never a bad time either. Yeah, or like the Capitals, or you yeah, know, even Boston. Yeah, even Boston or Philly. You know, it, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, uh, and again, like I could, I, I definitely could see a scenario where they're ahead of this next team, but at the same time, I, I do think there's got to be a little bit of credit where credit is due. And this team got uh, signed the second best player maybe of the offseason in uh, Taylor Hall. My other team in the bottom is uh, the Buffalo Sabres, which as, as big of a gap or as big of an upgrade as I think they may have made this offseason, they're still nowhere close to a playoff spot. And especially not in this division, in my opinion. See, this is where we differ because I have this beautiful article by the editor in Leaf that says the Toronto Maple Leafs' biggest rival is going to be the surprise of the NHL. And I now believe the Buffalo Sabres are going to make the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't even – what? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I have zero idea of what you're talking about. <laughs> There's this beautiful editor-in-leaf article about – he's the guy who says – he's the Leafs guy who keeps saying the ridiculous things. I'm trying to think of his last one. We talked about it too, but he has, he has the Sabres going to the, the Cup Final. This season? This season against the Leafs. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think that would work, would it? I don't know if it's even possible. I thought the North and East were playing, and then the Central and West were playing. I'm not entirely sure. I just I couldn't get over this. I thought this needed to be read. Usually I stay away from giving articles like this clicks, but this was too good. Oh, God. I have to. You're making me go <laughs> and look this up. I don't even want to click on it. I just want to. I just want to see. Mark this down. Six months from now, the Toronto Maple Leafs (laughs) will play the Buffalo Sabres for the Stanley Cup. The first half is just kind of about why the Buffalo Sabres are the Leafs' biggest rival. But then it says about how they are going to make the 
Cup final. With elite knowledge, like, for all we are able to predict goalies, you might as well guess Carter Harton will be the new Dominic Hasek. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> just looking through the replies, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to give this credit, this art. I'm, I'm not going to give this any more attention than it. <laughs> I, I, wow, Jesus. This is the I, worst I, thing I've ever seen that account tweet, and it has some bad stuff. Oh, yeah, it has some atrocious stuff, but usually it's just like, like, this feels like there's no way you can publish that and actually believe it, right? Like, that is just something to get clicks. Oh, it has to be. Or tw- like, Twitter impressions, at very least. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like this is the prime time for ad revenue on a site. This is just a clickbait <laughs> fest. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, okay, well... um. I don't like, do we want to talk? I guess we have to talk about the Buffalo Sabres roster. Um, contrary to belief, uh, the goaltending is probably, I don't know if it's the worst spot. Between that and the defense, it's definitely the worst spot. The goaltending is a huge question mark. Um, we talked about it this offseason. Carter Hutton's not good. He had one good year in St. Louis. And other than that, he's a mediocre backup, I think, at 35 years old. And, um, Everyone keeps saying Linus Hallmark is the starter in the future for them, and I just uh, – when is that future coming? Because he's he's 27 years old. I, I've asked that a couple times. I just don't get it. Um, I, I – like, I would just be very I, – I, I don't see an, a way in which – you know, there's a lot of tandems where it's like, okay, well, maybe I could see them getting hot, and technically anyone could. This is like – this has got to be a bottom three tandem in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not good. I like the example. I think it's you who always says it, like – when people talk about the Leafs goalie future, nobody's like, wow, when Freddie's gone, the Leafs are set with Jack Campbell. And then people will also be like, but yes, Linus Allmark is the goalie of the future in Buffalo. It's just like, yeah, the, like, oh, man, like it, it's amazing how being a prospect that gets hyped up for a number of years can do you wonders because it's like, he's been the goalie of the future for four seasons, but it, it, it's like, they also got goalie of the future, Dustin Tokarski, who's now 31 in the minors, which is I also – ins- Yeah, that, that, I can't believe he's 31. That's insane. It feels like just a year or two ago I was watching him just poop himself in the World Juniors. But um, I can still hear Pierre Maguire screaming his name. Yeah. Um, no, but like, and, and obviously they do have an actual goalie in the future in Uka Pekalukanen, which is just the coolest name. And I hope just he, I hope he makes the NHL just so people can say his name over and over and over again. But um, he's 21. But yeah, as it goes this year, I just, I really don't see. Like I don't know. Maybe, maybe it takes a, maybe it takes a jump out of nowhere. But like, where is this just massive step up from Linus Olmark coming? Like, or when is it coming? And it better come soon. Or this team really, like, what are you going to do with him? Last year he was fine, I guess. He had a six goal saved above average. Um, goal saved above expected was minus 4.81, though. So, like, not, I mean, just kind of replacement level, you yeah, know? He's, there. he's just guy. like 18, 19, he was a minus 6.1 and a minus 17.4. And 17, 18, he was a 2.9 and a 0.48. So, he's been like a, replacement level guy pretty much his whole career slash slightly below in the terms he's actually got playing time. Yeah. I, I, I'm not in love with him like some people seem to be. And the worst part is it's not like he has a ton of backup either, like, or help from up front. No, I mean, so then you get to the next part. There's, 
you can see pieces of where this team could be good in the future, but it's just like there's just still so much crap around them that they don't seem to want to clear out. And like Rasmus Ristolainen is still going to be playing top four minutes for this team. This experiment should be done now. He's not a top four guy. It's like, like I, I'm excited for people to give him the um, – and, I mean, I, I think largely around the league we've gotten here, but the Cody Cece referendum too, where it was like – it feels like a year or two ago, maybe two years ago, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, no, Cody Cece is bad. And then when he went to the Leafs, it really confirmed it. Like, I don't think Ristolainen is quite as bad as Cody Cece, um, but he's cl- maybe close to it because, you know, like – if you're not using him in a very niche situation, he is not good. Yeah, that's a problem. It's weird to me also that because CC and Ristolainen are like close to the same age, and CC still had people that would like wholeheartedly defend him like two years ago, but he's already considered complete trash. Whereas Ristolainen is still like very much viewed as a top four defender. Oh yeah, people are like now it's just starting with the Ristolainen stuff. It feels like in the mainstream media of like. Okay, maybe he's not as good as we thought, but he's still probably a solid 2-3 who just needs to be slid back one role. And it's like, okay, like, no, because the people say this and cling on to that for two years and go, oh, yeah, well, he's a bottom pair guy. And by the time they say he's a bottom pair guy, he's probably just not an NHLer anymore. So there, it seems like everyone's always two or three years behind the actual curve. And it, it feels like that's where we're getting with Ristolainen, where it's like three years ago, analytics said, well, maybe he could be a 3-4 if you move him back. And now people are just getting to that kind of point. Yeah, exactly. And like he the problem does is, provide some value on the power play, but that's about it. He's atrocious at five on five. Even offensively, yeah. he's not great at five on five. So it's like like what is what is the point of having a guy who's quote not bad for what ten percent of a hockey game? Fifteen on a real good night? Yeah, and like it's a high leverage situation where he is good and he does have a good penalty differential, so I guess he gets you to special teams, but He's just, yeah, it's just not there. Yeah, so I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's his team still believes in him too is the biggest problem though. Um, you know, this team that will look. That is part. Yeah, so it, it's not like, you know, we could, or the mainstream media could uh, say all they want, it, but it wouldn't matter if his team didn't play him like that, but they do, and, and that's the biggest issue. Um, so, I don't know. This decor would look a lot better with Lawrence Peelett in it, and if they traded Rasmus Ristolainen. And Colin Miller had a disastrous year last year, too, so I don't really know what he is. Like, at this point, it might just be Deline, Yokoharu, and the boys. Like, and even it might just be Deline and the boys because, like, I think Yokoharu still has a, a lot of room to grow, but I, I don't trust Buffalo to, to make any defenders that are good. No, not a chance. And, like, this would not would not be a fun decor to be in charge of because, like, what do you do? Like, yeah, there's I mean, no like, winning essentially. I would say, like, if I was in charge, I would say probably see if Miller could bounce back with Deline. Yeah, or like Yoko, are you Deline? But that's yeah, not a fun. Well, I think I would. Either. I would probably go Deline Miller, and then like Montour Yoko, are you? And then like risk the line in and take your pick of whoever's going to play alongside him, right? Yeah, I could throw Pilot in, Pilot, and hope. It's, well, I, I say if he was there, I think he would slide right into the top four. But I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing in the KHL all year, right? Yeah, wasn't there a big fallout where he left the team? Yeah, because they they thought he was bluffing or something, and he actually went and took a contract somewhere else. Yep, which is hilarious. 
Because yeah. Buffalo does not have enough good defensemen to give someone with potential away for nothing. Yeah, ex- exactly. So I, I don't know. Like, there's two. We've just gotten through two thirds of their team, and there's been almost nothing positive I can say other than I want to see what Rasmus Dalin can grow into again this year. Up front, I actually don't hate their forward core as much as, especially the past six years or whatever. Um, I think I saw lineup combos, and they were saying it was going to be Hall, Eichel, and Reinhardt. That's a really good first line, like a really, really good first line. Oh, it's an incredible first line. They kind of remind me of like an Edmonton last year, where like they could have a reasonably enough stack top six with just a completely just a waste of a bottom six. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, like personally, I might split up Reinhardt with Eichel and Skin, or like I would probably go like Hall, Eichel, Olafson, maybe. But maybe that's yeah. too many shooters on maybe that's too many shooters on one line and then but their top six is gonna be Eichel, Skinner, Hall, Reinhardt, Stahl, Olafson. Um which isn't the again, it's not a horrible top six by any means. Like and I think if you had like a Stahl, Reinhardt, Skinner, where you have Skinner's a trigger man on one and then Hall and Olafson can be trigger man for Jack Eichel just feeding them the puck, I really think that could work. And then in the bottom you have a mismatch of guys, Cody Eakin, Gurgensen, Tage Thompson, Curtis Lazar, Tobias Reeder. I'm definitely not as sold on the bottom six, that's for sure. Yeah, the bottom six is probably going to be pretty bad, and the top six is probably going to be pretty good. Although, without defensemen, it still just looks like a pretty ugly picture overall. And that's the thing. And, and again, I said you can see where the, the, the pieces are because they have a, a solid prospect pool. Um, you know, Dylan Cousins looks really good. I don't think he's going to play this year, though. I'd be at least not until the end, maybe. But I'd be I'd be a little bit surprised. But Casey Middlestead might be able to step in on the third line, maybe fourth line. But you know, if he can step in on the third line and even just be an average third liner, that would be a massive boost to their system. You know, and um, uh, they had a pretty good draft this past year too, if I remember correctly. Um, so you know, like there is pieces going forward. But like again, I just I really don't think it's going to be enough this year. Yeah, not at all. Like, even if Taylor Hall is, like, 2017-18 Taylor Hall, it's still pr- – and Eichel is a f- – Eichel being Eichel, money in the bank. Assume everything goes right with Taylor Hall. Assume Eric Stahl is a second-line center still, and it's probably not enough to get them there either. Yeah, exactly. So, I just – I really don't see um, where, you know, where they go with it. Um, I, I – I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel bad being down on Buffalo so often, but like, I, I just really like where, where's the um, upside coming from this year? Because they, they had a good draft. Like they, they drafted Jack Quinn, um, which I, I don't know. People didn't love that pick in terms of who was else was there because Rossi was still on the board, but he seems like a good enough player. But, and then they also had John uh, uh, Petterka, I believe was in the second round. He looks pretty good, but like neither of those guys are going to make any impact this year. So it's like, where's that forward depth coming from? You know, their top six might be able to carry, but as you said, like an Edmonton scenario is at best last, or Edmonton from two years ago might be the best scenario. And even Edmonton two years ago was in a garbage division. So. Yeah. And McDavid's still better than Eichel and Taylor Hall's not as good as dry sidle. So. Yeah. Pretty so I just, yeah, there's, I, I don't think there's a lot of hope for this team. And I think they might, you know, their top six alone, just because they have the star power, might be enough to drag them past New Jersey in the standings. That being said, I could see New Jersey, um, like New Jersey's ceiling is way, way higher than this team's, right? 
Yeah, if Hughes turns it around, I like. And there's, it's a lot easier to envision New Jersey getting the goaltending to make some noise than it is Buffalo. Exactly. Or just, yeah, and just like, um, you know, like they just have, if they get some high-end talent, they have the depth too, where it's like, I, and I get depth is usually easier to find, but I just don't see where the defense or the depth is coming from on these players because we largely know most of these players are bad. Whereas like in New Jersey, we know most of them are all right. It's just, they need to take another step. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just, there's a lot of just duds that aren't going like Curtis Lazar isn't taking a step and filling no, in the depth. He, he is what he is. He's a 12 forward in the NHL now, you know, like, yeah. And, like, as long as you expect that, that's fine. And on a normal team, that would be fine. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I just – I really don't see them, um, you know, taking the step they need this year. And that's and – it's going to be frustrating for Sabres fans. But, uh, you know, they're probably going to get another pick in the top 10. So somewhere from 7 to 10 again, I would assume. Yep, they're going to be bad but not the worst. And I guess good for them. They should be, like, vaguely watchable, assuming Hall – rebounds but yeah, yeah one you really to gotta bad. ask how many more years of this can eichel take before it's like he's really gotta ask out that's obviously the big fear do you think like i always am a little skeptical when people are like ah eichel's gonna ask out if they miss the playoffs this year but like i don't think it it'll be, be this year but uh, if it's two more years like this where they're not even close to the playoffs like they're missing they're finishing 24th in the league. They're not even coming back to like, or 25th and not even coming back to like an end up or return to play thing. Yeah. I could see where he would be asking out in say two off seasons from now. Yeah, I could see that. And it's too bad. Cause like this should be peak Jack Eichel starting now, if not last oh, yeah. year with that defensive step he could like, this might be as good as he ever gets and it's being wasted. Exactly. Um, let's move on to the next tier. I only had two teams in here actually as well because I think the top of this is – I don't think there's a ton of stupid high-end talent, but I think there are a bunch of teams that are probably good enough, to, especially in a regular season, to be to pe- competing for the division title. So I only really had two teams in here of where they would be kind of fighting for a wild card in a normal um, – divisional setting and for here I think they're going to be they're going to be in tough to make the playoffs just seeing how good the top four are in here but yeah I have two teams here as well uh shortened season would not shock me if either of these two teams did make the playoffs but I think they're also worse than the teams ahead of them and in a distinct tier below the teams the teams I have ahead of them Yep, um, I'm down on both of these teams relative to just maybe mainstream media uh, for two separate things. We'll start with the one that I have a little bit lower, and that's the New York Islanders. <laughs> okay, so we have them flipped. Okay, so um, I'm just down on the Islanders because their roster sucks. Yep. I, I mean, <laughs> like, I actually, I, I might be lower on the, the right. Now that you say that, I might be lower on the Islanders too. Like, they're just, they're like, I. I it's one of those things where it's like, how many years in a row can I keep betting against them? Because this is going on three now. But to my, I think to my credit, the past, like last year, or, you know, the past two years, I've had them as like a bottom five team in the league. Because I think this is like a bottom five roster in the league. I really, I'm, I really don't think this roster is good. And I think they got worse this offseason. Um, but like, at the same time, they have a great coach. Um, and, a, you know, who puts in a hard system to play against. So it's like, this is a team that I think should be a lottery team, but honestly, I think they're going to finish somewhere between 
15th to 22nd in the league, and that's probably about eight to 10 spots better than they should be. Yeah, it's basically just how far can Barry Trotz and Matthew Barzell drag this team? Who they have and still not be- signed to a contract yet. Yeah, I forgot Barzell's not even signed. And I they have $3.9 million to do it. So they're going to have to trade. So they're going to have to make this team worse. Theoretically, unless they trade one of their actual bad players for once. Yeah, but, like, who's taking any of these guys? Like, I can't I mean, imagine anybody's lining up to take Cal Clutterbuck right now. No, but, like, if you gave a pick for Casey Sezikis or with Casey Sezikis, I could see, like, Detroit being in on that. Yeah, actually, you know, I like Casey Zizekas as far as, like, he's grossly overpaid, but, like, he does his job actually quite well. So if you were a team that the captain matter for, I could I could take him on for a year. Yeah, and, I mean, there's not a ton of teams like that, unfortunately, but, like, if you got a second, the the Avs second or whatever for this year or next year to take on Casey Zizekas, I don't think you're complaining about that. But, I, again, I don't know if they're going to do that because they seem to hate getting rid of their actual um, – um, bad players, you know, like it feels like they'd rather just trade like Thomas Hickey or someone like that. Yeah, no, I definitely need to flip the, uh, yeah, they're a bad team. Like they, if it wasn't for Barry Trotz, they would absolutely booth the other two teams we just talked about. Yes. Because They, they, in my opinion, they have the worst, they have the lowest floor of any team in this division, including the Devils and the Sabres, who we both said we expect to get top 10 picks. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, if this team stops getting goaltending, and, like, I know people think Mitch Korn's magic, but, like, if Mitch Korn was actually good enough to turn every goalie that he played into an elite goalie, he would be the most valuable person in the National Hockey League by, like, 15-fold. And I have a feeling he's not. Yeah, it's just like – and, like, they have Elias Sorokin coming in, and he's, you know, been the hottest goaltending prospect for four years now. So he might be unreal. I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where it's literally like, if they don't have top tier goaltending from like, or if someone, you know, teams just kind of start to figure out their system or whatever, this team is going to be like the worst team in the league. Like they, I'm, I'm, and you know, maybe I'm just too low on them on an aggregate, but like, I just really don't love any of their players aside from Matthew Barzell, especially because they got rid of, um, uh, why am I blanking on his name on the blue line? Um, Oh, uh, Colorado. Yes, Taves. Yeah, Devon Taves. You know, he was one of their best defensemen, if not their best defensemen, and they got rid of him. You know, and, like, they got Noah Dobson on the back end, and they have Oliver uh, Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows. um, They have a couple other guys, I think, as well. Uh, Bodie Wild, you know. So they have a couple guys who might be able to make a bit of a difference, but there's just no spots for them because there's just so many old, not good players on this roster. Yeah, that are locked in with term and like no moves and no trades and stuff too. Yeah, so it's just like I don't like I I just I keep thinking that one of these years the dam is just going to absolutely break, you know, on this team and it's just going to be like it's literally going to be like Ottawa Senators 2017 where it's like geez, this is a disaster. How did we see this coming? Like, I could very much see them having like a that kind of a sense season. Like yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but like yeah, you know, like I don't know, because I, I went to go look at, you know, were they even extremely lucky? The thing is, they had a six, they had the 16th-ranked PDO last year. So it's not yeah. even like they were, like, getting they're insane like decent or anything like that. Yeah, like, it's not that they're, like, 
I don't, they just don't have a lot of high-end talent, in my opinion, you know, and just, they play in a way that's so, you know, we talk about it's so boring or whatever, but it's very effective in that they just, they lull you to sleep and then they take advantage of a counterattack whenever they can, you know, so it's fair. It's just like if teams do figure out how to counter that, and maybe they will, maybe they won't, I don't know, but if they do figure out how to counter that, this team is in massive trouble. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those, like you said, like they weren't, extremely lucky last year but like at Two some point if you, yeah but at some point if you keep icing like the 25th most skilled roster in the league like you're gonna start to lose games eventually yeah because you're gonna go from them like even 16th in luck to 28th in luck because you just don't have guys who can shoot the puck yeah oh yeah this team is just primed to shoot under their xg yeah exactly so it's like i i, I don't know like it's one of those teams where I get the reason I have them up a tier is because we've seen it for two years now where they're better than we expected. And I think they will probably be within what five to six points of a playoff spot, probably by the end of it, you know, four, maybe um, that, that's yeah, what they short, were turning around last year within a couple points of the playoffs. Yeah. Shortened season. It's tough to pull away. So I could see them like five points out or whatever, where they look closer than they are given loser points and whatnot. Yeah, so like I don't know. That's why I have them up a bit. I just, I really don't think the roster is all that strong. I, I really don't. That's just my personal opinion of it. And again, I'm ready to be wrong about it again. They just, they really don't have much high end talent. Even just like I love Pajot, but when he is arguably your fourth, fifth best forward, fourth best forward, that you're gonna have an issue. Yeah, very much so. And or it's if you're trying to compete for a cup. Yeah. When people talk about like teams that us like stats people are wrong about like one team people were too low on sometimes was like the Washington Capitals because they just like aggressively overshot their XG. But like that was at least very, very plausible. Whereas this team, it's difficult to see where it keeps coming from. Yeah, exactly. Unless like Barzell just takes another step forward and just becomes like an undisputed top five centerman in the league and just carries the team. Or, you know, yeah. maybe Sorokin comes in and just posts a 9.30 casually, which crazier things would have happened. But at the same time, when those are the two things you absolutely need to bank on, I just think you're asking for trouble. Yes, exactly. It so, could happen, uh, but it probably won't. Exactly. So that's why I have them sixth in this division. I could see them making the playoffs because, you know, again, I don't want to count them out. I don't think they're going to be competing for the division title necessarily, but I could see them coming third or fourth if, you know, especially if a couple of these other teams struggle to the gate, but I could also see this team just literally being a bottom three team in the league. I, I really think their roster has the potential that if things start to go wrong, I don't know where they get it back on track. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I do just have a weird feeling they'll be like vaguely competitive, but. Nope, they always, they always, like the past two years they seem to be. So that's why, you know, I don't want to, as much as I just shit on them, I literally have them sixth in the division, you know, where it sounds like I'm so negative. It sounds like I should have them eighth, but I think they will be competitive just because that's what we've seen from this team. But yeah, you know, the way like the Patriots are this year where like, they're not like a train wreck or anything. They're just like vaguely like competitive enough, but like they're clearly not good enough to do anything of note. Yep. And like a super well coached team or whatever. Like I see a lot of parallels to that with the way. Yeah. Island where it's like, yeah, they just don't have the talent, but it's like they're super well coached. And, you know, from week to week, they could look different, you know, for a couple game stretch, they look like, Hey, this team might not actually be that bad. And then there's like a three game stretch where it's like, Oh no, this team really just lacks the high end talent or whatever that it needs. 
Yeah, where they get behind or whatever and need to score quickly, and it becomes very, very apparent that they just don't have the guns to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then the other one, you know, this is the team that, again, I'm lower on than the media. I don't think this roster is as good as they, uh, people say, but I, I do think that they're – I think they're a little better than the Islanders. I, I don't know. It's close. That's why they're in the same tier. The New York Rangers for me here. Um, it, it really comes – the thing that I think that I'm a little higher than on them than the Islanders is because I like their high-end talent um, as much, if not more. Like, I like Panarin probably as much as I like um, uh, Barzell. But then after that, I, I like uh, like Adam Fox more than probably anyone on the Islanders' blue line right now. And I like the potential of Alexi Lafreniere. And, you know, they have more potential. You know, Capo Caco was a disaster last year. But if he's even a third liner, he looks better than, like, half of the Islanders' forwards, you know? And I like Jet as well. Yeah, the the Rangers are a lot more top-heavy, but at least it's easier to see how things go well for them because Panarin could play at a heart level again. Kako could turn around, be the guy we saw pre-draft, and Lafreniere could be as good as advertised. Real quick, I wanna, I, you're not on their cap-friendly page, are you? Nope. Okay. How many buyouts do you think they have under contract right now, and how many millions of dollars do you think it equals up to this year? They have Mark Stahl for sure. Do they have Lundquist too? They have Lundquist. Oh, that's a good question. Stall and Lundquist. I feel like I'm forgetting a big one. Um. Oh, who's uh? What's his name? Played in Tampa after he left. Yep. Well, there's a couple. Uh, true, there are a bunch. He was the what's his name, the right-handed defenseman that just got killed over and over. Girardi, they bought him out too, yep. didn't they? Because he was on like a seven-year deal. Yeah, and what's that like five million dollars in buyouts? That's not the biggest one. Who's the biggest one? Kevin Chattenkirk. They're paying him six million dollars not to play there this year. Only with the Rangers could I say they bought out a right-handed defenseman that went to Tampa Bay. Okay, so Mark Stahl wasn't even. They traded Mark Stahl away um, because right. they, they gave a second up to him for Detroit. So he's not even on their books. They have five players in buyout history right now on their cap sheet for $13 million this season. It goes Brad Richards. Awesome. Brad Richards, $0 per season. I think that was a compliance buyout, but $0 yeah. on that. It's technically on the book for six more years because they're paying him actual money, I believe. It just doesn't count to the cap. Dan Girardi, three more years at 1.1. Um, Ryan Spooner, one year at 300K. Kevin Shattenkirk, three more years. This year, six mil. Next two years are 1.4. And then Hendrick Lundqvist, 5.5 this year and 1.5 next year. God, that's ugly. Yes, very ugly. And um, so the, that's the ironic part about this team. It's just like next year they are going to have $8 million extra dollars in cap, $9 million extra dollars in cap space to do stuff just from not paying players to not play on their team. Um, it, it's funny because they decided they were going to rebuild for like three months, so these contracts shouldn't even matter. But, of course, they do since they have Panarin and whatnot. Look like they're well, ready to – or think like, they're ready to go. Yeah, and part of that's lottery luck, too. You know, they get second in a lottery they had no business being in, and they get first in a lottery they had no business being in. You know, they jumped, like, 9 and 13 uh, 
like nine and 13 spots or thing. No, maybe not 13. It was, maybe it was like nine, seven and nine. I don't know. They jumped in two massive lottery spots, you know, to the Lafreniere when it's huge. Caco, maybe not as much, but like, I really don't understand where it's like, oh yeah, you got to give huge credit to rebuilding this team. It's like, they're not really rebuilt. They signed Artemi Panarin to a massive deal that's going to hurt them when they actually have to, well, not hurt them, but it could have hurt them when they actually have to start paying players in four or five years that, you know, are supposed to be good. And also they won two lotteries. One is a disaster of a pick and the other hasn't played a game yet. And the rest of their prospects that have played have been crap other than Fox. And I guess um, I like Ryan Lindgren as well, but like, like just a giant handful of all these great prospects in this amazing prospect pool we keep hearing about have been just a pile of dog crap. Like, yeah, like I don't know if it's a development thing, but they do feel like they've had a lot of guys that were like super hyped that just don't look like they're gonna be anything right now. Yeah, or like they're gonna they look like they might be fourth liners instead of like top six, like they uh, you know were projected. Yeah, exactly. Like the the Brett Howdens in the kind of the world. Exactly, and uh, who Leah Anderson, you know, who they traded. Um, so it's just like yeah, for for this year. I think it's an okay roster. I don't think it's horrible. You know, like uh, their top six is going to have Kreider, Panarin, Zabanajed, probably Strom, Buchnevich, and hopefully Lafreniere at the end of the year. And probably not a bad top six. Not a great one either, but like not a disastrous one. Yeah, it's all right. Especially if uh, Lafreniere is like a 65 plus point rookie, or I guess shortened season. So like a 45 point rookie kind yeah. of thing. And then just the bottom six is going to be like, you need guys like Kako, Chaitel, Julian Gauthier, Brett Howden, you need a couple of those guys to develop into like legitimate third liners for your depth to be okay, because that's where it really lacks. And on the blue line, I mean, again, like Jacob Truba's overrated. I feel like people kind of saw that this year. He's still probably what, a number three defenseman? Yeah, I'd be surprised if you could, like, you'd have a hard time convincing me there most teams have four defensemen better than Jacob Truba. Like, you'd still be a top four guy. Yeah, He's just exactly. not like a one like they're paying him. Um, and then, you know, screw Anthony D'Angelo. Um, dude can't defend. He's a piece of shit anyways. Um, you know, he's a fine player, I guess. He's probably a number three or four, but I don't really want to talk about him. But, you know, and, but, and then they have Lindgren, Fox, and Brendan Smith and Jack Johnson. So it's like you have the top four is – it lacks a real number one, and – I mean, maybe Adam Fox can be that, but, like, I know you've talked about it, how, like, Adam Fox overshot every projection we have on him. Would it really be that surprising if he took a step down this year instead of another one up? Yeah, exactly. Fox is going to be one I'm watching really closely because when there's this guy who everybody's – who was a second-round pick and everybody is like, oh, yeah, he'll be, like, a top-four guy one day, and then all of a sudden he has, like, slam-dunk number-one defenseman numbers in his first year. If you're looking for a top-tier regression candidate, that you doesn't do much better than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. Like I think the there's more high-end talent here at least to carry them through, and their goaltending uh, should be interesting. You know, Shesterkin when he did play last year looked really, really good. Gorgiev is all right. Uh, you know, especially as a back, if he's going to be the backup, I think he's going to be okay. Um, so it's not – I don't know if it's going to be as strong. And, like, I think people, again, are just kind of penciling Shesterkin in to be a 925 goaltender, and that can be risky too, you know? Oh, yeah. It's an extremely high-variance goaltending combo with really high ceiling and a really low floor. 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know. Like, it's a roster where I'm slightly higher than on, on than them because of the Islanders, just in terms of on paper. I have more faith in the Islanders, you know, living up to any expectations there might be versus this team. But at the same time, I just think the talent gap is a little bit too much for me to not have them slightly ahead of the Islanders. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you want to talk about, like, the at the end of the year looking back, we'll be like, well, the um, David Quinn versus Barry Trotz thing is what did in the the Rangers. That's plausible enough. But for now, the Rangers have a better roster. So I agree with you. I think I was wrong to put them behind the Islanders. Yeah. Um, that was, were those the only two teams you had in this uh, range? Yeah, I think the tiers are pretty clearly defined in this division. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, it's, yeah, like I, I think there's a pretty obvious gap between the tiers. Maybe you could argue one up or down, but I think the top four is pretty clear. Um, so let's get into that top four. Um, what team did you have fourth? I started with the Capitals. I also had the Capitals. I, I think it could go, it really could go anyway. I, I, this is four team, especially because, you know, I think Boston is the best team in this division, but Boston as we'll get to them. When we get to them, they have some injuries and I think that could really hurt them to start the year. And in a short year, that could be uh, trouble at least. But uh, I had the Capitals as well. Um, terrible news. One thing we did, one big piece of news was the Hendrick Lundqvist is not going to be able to play this year. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, and, you know, that was not a re. I don't know. Like, um, you know, so if anyone missed it, he's uh, unfortunately got a heart condition that they found, um, you know, and so he won't be playing. Uh, I would assume that means Phoenix Copley will be the backup to Ilya Samsonov. But, you know, I really thought a Samsonov-Lundquist combo would have been really, like, really interesting to watch. Uh, the Capitals are still a good team. It's just it's one of those things where, again, it's like every year it's like, okay, how long can they keep doing this until age and regression just takes a step back, you know? And I think, you know, last year we saw them come, what was it, third in the division, I believe? Or maybe it was second. Because I thought Philly, Philly stormed in and won it, right? Philly won it. I think so, because didn't they have, like, a 10-game winning streak or something at the end? Something, okay, let me look this up, just so Capitals fans don't uh, scream at us. But, you know, like, it, they're good, they're a solid roster, and I could see them being anywhere. Oh, no, they did win the division, 90 points to 89. Okay. Um, they're a solid roster. I could see them finishing anywhere, and, you know, I really thought about bumping them up to third, but I think these four teams are going to be super, super close. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... I don't feel like extremely passionately that Washington's below either of Philly or Pittsburgh, but if you ask me to like gun to my head, I, that's the only reason I have them here. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it's, it's weird because there's so little to talk about for this team year to year that it just feels like they don't make too much changes. You know, they signed Connor Sheary today, which yeah, it's fine. You know, a depth addition, their biggest addition probably this off season was, Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Justin Schultz, I would say. Yeah, and that's and, it's good to have defensive depth, I guess, especially in a short season where you might be playing more back-to-backs or something, but neither of those guys are really game-breakers. Yeah, I, I it's – yeah, I don't know. Like, it, this roster is just so similar from year to year where they could crank out and just be – first in the division again and I would shrug and go yeah that that checks out but I think in net this year you know I like Samsonov but goaltending is going to be the biggest question mark with no Lundqvist yeah because it's it's one thing to be super promising it's another to be a a full-time starter in the NHL and actually do well 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, I feel like I, this is another team I feel year after year I'm too low on. They just go and destroy the regular season. I'll have Me them too. fourth, but I, I literally think it's going to be like a five points between first and fourth in this division. Yeah, I completely agree. I just have them fourth because I, th- I like their top guys less than Pittsburgh and they're older than Philly. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, like they're high end. And it's just like, I do feel like one of these years, it's just like they're not going to be able to outshoot their expected goals as aggressively as they have the past couple years. Um, yeah, like one and, of these years, Ovi and Kuznetsov and all of them getting just crushed defensively is going to catch up to them. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if like Kuznetsov hasn't taken the step we, you know, you hoped he would, but uh, it's, uh, you know, you know, maybe he does. I, I don't know. I think we're probably past the point at this point. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, Jacob's, Jacob Vran is an interesting piece still. They have McMichael in the system as well, but. I don't know. I, I have them fourth. I, I think it'll be close, but they're another team where year after year, I'm just ready to be uh, wrong about them. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm ready for them to win this division because they always win the division in the regular season. Yeah, exactly. Um, what team did you have third? I have Philly three. I also had Philly three. I debate moving them up again. Like it's between them I okay, I, yeah, I don't know. It's between them and Pittsburgh for me next. I think Boston will probably still win the division, but I think it'll be a little closer just because of the the injuries they're dealing with. But yeah, I, I still I agree. Although the injuries could really derail them because it's very important injuries. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, with Philly, I I I don't know. They're such an up and down team where it's like. For a while, I think I was a little higher on them than most, and then people were like, oh, they're a legit Stanley Cup threat, and I was like, I don't know if I'd go that far. It's a good roster. It's a really good roster. I just – I don't know. I, I guess the one thing I like about Philly is they have the X factor in Carter Hart, where it's like if he takes another step forward, this team could be really dangerous. Yeah, that would be freaking huge. Like, it's they, – they're kind of – he's really their guy players, you know? step, right? Yeah, he has to be because we, you know, we've seen probably peak Sean Couturier now. Travis Konechny is really good, but how much better is he getting? I don't think anyone on the blue line is going to get unlimitedly better. So it's got to be the improvement needs to come from Carter Hart. Yeah, exactly. And the last Konechny, he's I guess could have a huge breakout too. Those are really the two pieces that could make game-breaking differences for them. Yeah, exactly. So or like breakouts, I mean, obviously, like Couturier is going to be fantastic. Yeah, and it's um, – yeah, so obviously the top six is really good. Uh, they do have a little bit of, you know, just because they're between the two cores, they have a little bit of that Washington aspect where it's like if Giroux or Voracek or Hayes or Van Riemsdyk or two of those guys take a step or two back, you know, they might be in some trouble. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I like their roster. Yeah. I'm interested to see what they do on defense too because there's still a lot of talk of like – moving Gostas Bear or someone like that. And I don't know. Like he just, he, he doesn't, he always seems to be in uh, um, pretty hot water with man or with coaching staff, which is weird because his results aren't all that bad. Yeah. They really do seem to have like a hard on for moving Shane Gostas Bear for some reason. And his results are worse than they used to be. Like I could see how you'd be disappointed given what it looked like he might be, but it's not like they have this loaded blue line that they should be trying to dump this guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, this division so tight. Like I put, like I put a lot of thought in like where I think people are going to go. Uh, Nolan Patrick's another one where it's like if he can get healthy, he could be a huge addition. But at this one, you just hope he can even get healthy at this point. It's been it sucks to see you know what he's had to go through. Yeah, it really is too bad, especially when it all happens so young. Like you just can't catch a break at the start of his career. Yeah, for sure. So um, I put this team three just because I do think, you know, like Sean Couturier is amazing. I think Carter Hart as an X factor in that, you know, Samson was with Washington too. I think they might edge out Washington just a little bit here, but they might be just a step behind some of the other teams, you know, to the two other teams ahead of them. That being said, I really could see them making a run for the division if Boston struggles with injuries out of the gate and, you know, Pittsburgh is just playing Cody CC unlimited minutes a night or something like that. Like, any of these teams winning the division would not shock me even a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's this. This is the perfect division to tier because they're all they're all kind of there. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you have Boston one or two? I had Boston one as well. Yeah. Okay. Me too. I I, th- I said Pittsburgh. I could see Pittsburgh finishing first in here um, if Boston struggles with injuries, but I think Boston's all around better team, so I'll put them one in my ranking. Um, yeah, with Pittsburgh. Again, there's not a lot to talk about on the uh, these teams. Um, Pittsburgh is how far can Crosby and Malkin take them, you know? And and now Jari and Nett because they traded away Matt Murray this year. Um, yes, they got rid of Jack Johnson, but they picked up a Cody Cece to replace him, which I just – I can't wrap my head around. Um, I thought the Matheson trade was horrible uh, for Hornquist. I didn't get that either. Um, so, I just – I don't know. Like, this team uh, – you I don't want to bet against Crosby and Malkin. But at the same time, this is a team like, you know how we talked about the low floor or whatever, even with Crosby and Malkin, I could see this team having a lower floor than a team like Washington, just because Washington seems to just kind of be good every regular season, whereas this team just has a million ups and downs every season. Yeah, it's happened too many times in a row where I think Washington just has like a reasonably high floor, at least for the regular season. I, I don't see them being like a big cup threat anymore. But like with this team, like, it's kind of just a question of like you're given the best endowment in the world of Crosby and Malkin and how badly can you sink that? Yeah. It's like, it's a shame because they really looked like a couple years ago, they were going to be in a spot to like, just kind of keep going for it. And they're still good enough for it's like, you can kind of keep going for it. I don't know if this team would. Yeah. No, you know what? Like with different moves, I think this team would still be a legitimate cup threat, but like, where do you have them in cup favorites this year? So like, I Colorado, honestly, Tampa, Vegas, Boston. Yeah, I'd say oh. Toronto, St. Louis, and especially given the divisions, Toronto. Yeah, um, St. Toronto, Louis, St. Louis, uh, and Carolina, maybe, I'd, and Dallas. I'd I guess. Probably have Carolina. Yeah, I would say Dallas just because they went back there too. So, like, there's nine teams I think ahead of. Pittsburgh? Unless yeah, you but with Pittsburgh, it, it depends how they use their decor. Because if they just use this exact roster properly, they should be like a super, super good team. But we've seen in the past that they probably won't use this roster properly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and then that's the thing, right? It's like, I, it's if we didn't just go through the same story for the past two or three years with Jack Johnson and, um, um, Eric Goodbranson, where it's like, you know, I could see maybe how you could use Cody CC effective. I just, I have no faith. Same with Michael Matheson, you know, like I think 
you know, you trade a core piece in Hornquist for them, and, you know, you're going to want to use them. Oh, yeah. And you, you don't acquire that contract without thinking he's a top four guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Not that long and just, you know, for what, and not getting any extra assets or anything. Definitely. Okay. So I'm looking at uh, Pinnacle. So we pegged basically every team in front of them, except for they have Dallas and St. Louis just in the same tier. But guess who else Pinnacle has in front of Pittsburgh in terms of cup odds? Uh, Philly? Philly and Washington, actually, but those weren't the two I was talking about. Edmonton. Yeah, I, there were some weird ones on Pinnacle, too. I'm pretty sure Ottawa had, like, the 20th best odds. I, yeah, I think it's a response to the terrible divisions. Ottawa's above Columbus, Florida, Minnesota, San Jose, Arizona, Chicago, New Jersey, Anaheim, L.A., and Detroit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, people yeah. must just be uber low on the Canadian division. Yeah, and, like, Buffalo's 18th, I think, or something like that. Or at least, well, on the one yep. side, I was—I don't know if it's Pinnacle. I think it was Pinnacle, but yeah, like there's just there were some really weird ones. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah, that was the thing because I was like, I, I think I'm, you know, we did our the North preview. Uh, I guess it's called the All Canadian Division the other last week, right? And I just like I feel like I'm way higher on that Calgary team than literally everyone else. But yeah, me too. I kind of want. I wish I had they had a division line. I would put money down on them, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, they have like 10-ish in terms of cup odds everywhere you look. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that seems about right, you know, like 10 to 15, but like it's just, it's a shame that they have two of the best players in the world still, and that's their odds. Yeah, exactly, because again, if this roster was used properly, they should be like a president's trophy contender at least. Yeah, literally, And, and as much as I have them ahead of Philly, Right now, I could I could see uh, an argument why Philly should have better cup odds than they would, just because like I think they have a better all round roster with usage. But um, you know, I just think that like Pittsburgh probably has more high end talent just from Crosby, Malkin, Latay. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing in Philly's favor is their highest end talent of Sean Couturier is like almost a full decade younger than Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the, the regression um, potential is definitely much more there for Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it's like, again, like it's Crosby and Malkin. If we're looking back next year and they don't regress at all, I can't say I'd be shocked, but also they are humans at some point. Time will catch up to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I don't know. Who knows if it's this year? I have them second. Again, this is a team where it's like, if you told me that, you know, just halfway through the year, this just really didn't work out um, and they came fourth or fifth or sixth in this division, I could see it. However, if you also told me halfway through the year, Kasperi Kapanen's on pace for like 30 goals in a shortened season because him and Crosby are just lighting up the league, I could also see that. So, Yeah, like if Crosby and Zucker are just teeing off on the league and then so is Malkin, like you could see how this team would just fire on all cylinders. Especially they run like a Dumoulin Latang and then like Pedersen, John Marino, top four, where they actually have competent players on defense on the ice for like 50 minutes a game. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's go on Boston. Last team in the division. Uh, clearly the best uh, when healthy, but uh, yeah, like Pasternak and Marshawn might both be out to start the year. They're both on injured reserve right now. Um, that uh, We don't know what's going on with Chara right now. It sounds like he's probably going to return, but 
that decor is a little little shady, that's for sure. I like their goaltending still a lot, but uh, you know their goaltender or their decor losing crew took a pretty big hit when they didn't do anything to replace them. Yes, and then yeah, like it's. I'm skeptical if these like with the injuries. I think these guys are actually probably in the same tier as every other team that we just named. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I, I yeah, could the, again, like I could see this team. Um, starting off just slow and losing, you know, six of their first 10 or whatever. And, you know, you can't bounce back to that and they finish fourth or whatever. You know, that's why it's like, if, if they were completely healthy, I think I would have them a full tier above everyone else, but they're not. And like, you know, they're, they're getting an older team as well. So it's like, um, yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to be right in the mix. Yep. And how long are the injuries for to uh, Marshawn and Pasternak? Do you know? Um, Pasternak, I believe is going to be out until like March or something like that. Let me check. Uh, I think the one, for some reason, I think the one to Marshawn is, uh, not as long. Okay. But yeah, uh, like this is a pretty top heavy team too. So they're missing two of their big guns for half the season or whatever. That's pretty hard to come back from. Here we go. Boston Bruins, Marshawn Pasternak had surgery. Um... Let me find it. Uh, like required the recovery in the start of next season. McAvoy had a knee procedure and expect to be ready for training camp, so he'll be okay. Uh, Pasternak That's underwent cool. a right hip arthroscopy and a labral repair, which uh, doesn't sound great. He is on target to make a full recovery in five months, and that was mid-September, so September, January, so mid-February. So he'll probably miss a month of the season. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's still rough, but. Yeah, I guess they're they're still the division favorites by a decent amount. Yeah, I would assume. And then I'm trying to find Marshan's uh, four months. So Marshan is probably going to be right around the time of the division start, you know, or the season start, maybe a couple weeks after. For some reason, I thought they were playing without them for like half to all. Of I I thought that yeah, Pasternak no. was definitely out a lot longer than that, if I'm being honest. But yeah, me too. But yeah, Boston's best team in this division. I don't – I guess if maybe those guys are slow to get back, you can see how things go wrong. But, like, it, w- it would take stuff actively going wrong for Boston not to be the best team here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, they they're clearly got the most talent. They're, their forward core is super deep. Like, just with Andre Cache and Craig Smith, the addition of Craig Smith, that could be huge. And I do think, you know, the addition of Craig Smith is going to at least – Obviously, he's not going to replace David Pasternak, but it's a lot better that they have him and even Charlie Coyle this year than when they did it last year, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, they're still dependent on their top guys, like every good team is essentially, but there's, they're less dependent now. Like, they don't need that line to run at, like, 61% goals for anymore. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I just when – when I'm working through the roster, I feel a lot more confident about having them won, um, even with, you know, their injuries. I, 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 I like their – their goaltending duo, I think, is – especially of the top tier, their duo is the best duo. Um, you know, maybe you could have made an argument for Lundqvist-Samsonov, but I, I don't think they – well, actually, no, they do have the high-end talent because Duka Rask is a high-end goaltender when he, you know, is on his game too, right? So uh, I, I like their goaltending the most too, which could be a huge, uh, huge advantage. Yeah, and especially because they have two really good goalies. Like, that's huge when, like, Philly, like Washington might not have one, Pittsburgh might not have one, and honestly, Philly might not either. 
Although that's unlikely in each individual circumstance, but like Boston has a great duo and the other teams have reason have like reasons why you should be skeptical. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. And yeah, Boston's defense core, Charlie McAvoy is still really good. I like Grizzlick. Carlo's not bad. John Moore's not bad. They they are missing that one top end guy though. I think without Krug, you know, like to go along with McAvoy. Yeah, yeah. but the, the thing is, I think they'll be able to get around that pretty easily in the regular season. That's going to be a playoff thing that I think um, they might struggle with a little more than anticipated. Yeah, I don't even know as much as top end. Just like somebody who can move the puck up ice super well. Like Grizzly obviously can, so can McAvoy, but. Krug's just ability to get the puck up to yeah, just like a, just a, a number a top pair guy, you know, like a number two even is kind of what they yep. probably could use, you know. And I don't think Charo will be that. And maybe they find a way to do that during trade, but I, I think they might just stick it out. And but again, like I, I think in the regular season, that's probably fine for them. Yeah, I don't think it'll hurt them in the regular season. In but, the playoffs, uh, it might. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm always a little lower on this roster than the general public, but most of the time this roster proves me wrong. So, Yeah, it's, it, it, there's not much to say. Like, I think I don't think it's controversial to say they're the best team in the division. You no, know, I would assume about 99 – or no, not 99. I would assume about like 80% of people probably have them first in the division. And if you don't, I think it's probably because of injuries, which I think is still fair enough. You know, like – even if Pasternak is out for a month and Marchand misses a week or two in a 56 game season, that, uh, you know, especially cause they're going to miss the entirety of training camp, you know, that can hurt a little bit more than expected, but I don't think I would be pretty surprised if this team missed the playoffs completely. Oh yeah. I think it would take a catastrophe plus things going well in other teams for them to make the playoffs. Yeah. Miss- like with, with the other three teams, it's like, I'd be surprised, but like, if regression happened in either of Washington or Pittsburgh, it'd be like, okay, that's not that shocking. And like if Philly, I don't know, like if, if Carter Hart just couldn't, didn't play well or whatever, you know, I'd be like, whatever. Like in here, it's like, yeah, either you're going to need both goaltenders to play bad, um, your age regression and just like for the bad defensive play or something like that. And, and even then I still think they might make like fourth in the division. Yeah. Cause they just, they just have so many good forwards. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, that's our division preview for the, I guess that's the East division. Uh, We'll be doing the next two divisions over the next couple weeks as well. Um, Thank you everyone for listening. Chase, do you have anything you're working on for the site or anything like that? Uh, Anything you want to share? Yeah, I'm working on two articles that are related. I I have a a contract projection model that I made for school this year, and I'm going to use it to power rank GMs and agents actually as who is who are the best negotiators. I don't know which one I'm going to do first, but that's what I'm working on right now. What about uh, you? So keep, keep your eyes out for that. Uh, I have two things out on last word on hockey right now. Um, I did a piece yesterday uh, because I've been angry that this is a thing. Everyone keeps talking about how the um, golden Knights are going to trade Martin or sorry, trade patch ready to get cap space. And I don't understand why they don't just trade Alec Martinez in a second to the Detroit Red Wings. It seems like a great fit for both sides, and I don't get why it hasn't happened already. So I wrote about that and why it makes sense. And I also wrote about why uh, I'm a little higher on Calgary than a lot of other people and why I think just a Johnny Goudreau bounce back will be the absolute key to their season, and it's going to either make or break the season. So you can check those both out at lastwordonhockey.com. You can check my other work out at 
uh, milehighhockey.com as well. I had a post about um, the proposed divisions coming out. It changed a little bit, but I'm also going to try and get some stuff out over the new year, hopefully. Um, this episode should be out uh, before Christmas, but uh, definitely our next one won't be until, um, I don't know, maybe between Christmas and New Year's, but uh, definitely Merry Christmas to everyone or Happy Holidays. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you for a great year. Uh, we'll get back to you in a week or so. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week.